the Internet's most listened to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday weekend. I send out a special wish to all the families of our soldiers in Iraq, and really to the soldiers themselves and to also veterans living today who fought in other wars, people who have lost veterans, to all of them. You know, I give all of you my best wishes and our thoughts are with you all the time. We live in a world today with a lot going on, but I'll tell you what, it is one world. It is one world and it is a global world, but so different from when I grew up. You know, when I was little growing up in school, Never did I think the day would come when it would seem like Africa and India are next-door neighbors. But that is how it is today, and that is why I am so honored to have as our special guest today the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities. He is known internationally as an expert and the voice for people with disabilities throughout the world. Tabin Banerjee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, it's my pleasure to be on your show, and I also want to wish uh, everybody in this uh, Memorial Day holiday that we just uh, uh, enjoyed with the wonderful weather, and my heart goes to the people who fought for our country and gave their lives, and uh, we, may, we will remember them forever, and uh, I'm so glad to be uh, today on your show, Joyce, and, uh, and uh, I'll think of those people's as well as those people who have become disabled due to sacrificing their life for our country. And they're still in this with us, and both our brothers and sisters, and some of those people I work very closely in USICD, United States International Council on Disabilities. And you know what? That is so true, Tab. I mean, what a lot of people forget is that sometimes in life, the people that you meet who are now have disabilities, have been injured in the war and are veterans with disabilities, and these are people that fought for our freedom in our country, and I always say we have a responsibility to them to help find employment because, you know, that's the song I'll always be singing as long as I can, (laughs) employment, the only way to freedom for all, competitive employment. Well, Tappan, what I'd like to do first is, if you don't mind, if you could share with our listeners throughout the world a little bit about you and why you became involved as an advocate in the disability area, because there are many people with disabilities, but not all become advocates or stand out the way you have to try to help others. Well, how did this all happen with you? Well, I'll be delighted to share this with you. Um, um, I was in a, a car accident uh, almost four years ago, and uh, I was at that time actively involved with the U.S. government as a foreign service officer, and I was assigned to Abidjan, Cote d'Ivoire, um, Ivory Coast, which is commonly known as, uh, and uh, working as a regional commercial counselor for the sub-Saharan African countries. 
And um, unfortunately, <clears throat> there was a coup d'etat in the country, and we are all evacuated at that time, and we are sent to the safe haven, uh, which is Washington, D.C. And I came in January. It was cold and uh, wintry, and so we decided, myself, my wife, we decided to go to uh, West Palm Beach and play some golf and enjoy the warm weather that we missed since we left uh, Africa. And unfortunately, on the way back from our game, uh, we uh, were hit by a car uh, on my side, which is the passenger side. My wife was driving, and the car ran off the road. And I can't remember too many things because um, I was in coma for four weeks. And uh, when I woke up and I realized that I had a I have a T12 uh, injury on my spinal cord, and um, I lost the mobility of my uh, lower part of my body and my legs, though I'm getting back some uh, little by little, but still I'm paraplegic. And I quit my job as a commercial officer, uh, counselor, and overseas, and I decided to retire. But I felt very strongly, uh, to be honest with you, Joyce, that that being disabled, I really had seen overseas, uh, working in Asian countries, African countries, and uh, Southeast Asia, Philippines, Indonesia, India, and all over the all over different part of the world in the developing country. I've seen so many disabled people, but I have, in in the past, only seen them, and I felt for them. I I provided uh, funding, donations, but I really, really never. Uh, felt inside me that what they are going through. Since I became disabled and I realized that there's a whole world that I really uh, wanted to do something because now I'm one of them and I know how they feel because I know how I feel, uh, not having the mobility and losing the mobility. Either some people have lost it by birth, some by accident like me, and some with old age, it happens to everybody. You know, something, uh, some kind of disability in life. So I really felt that uh, the time has come maybe for me to do something, to get involved. And um, fortunately, I met a person whom you all know. His name is John Lancaster. Oh, who yes. Is a, <laughs> who is uh, another great person. Another great person. And uh, we met uh, in the same place that you were there, Joyce, at the BLN and the Business Liaison Network uh, Conference in Pittsburgh. And John, also a veteran of uh, the Vietnam War, and also T five T six, I think, uh, his disability. And uh, we kept talking, and uh, uh, and he said that uh, I've been just elected as a president of uh, National Insti- uh, National Council International Council on Disabilities, and he would like to talk to me more when I come back to Washington. And so anyway, to make a long story short, one thing leads to another thing, and uh, I was offered this job as executive director for U.S. International Council on Disability, and John felt that uh, with my international experience and uh, living overseas and speaking several different languages that it could be very helpful uh, to the cause of this organization. Now, and when you met John, what were you doing at that time? We, I was attending the conference. 
No, I uh, mean you, but you were not employed. Oh no, no, I was not employed that time. I was retired. That is amazing. I was retired, and John is the man. He has say, you know, people looking for a job, and not necessarily uh, always. You get able-bodied people giving able-bodied uh, person a job. But in this case, it was a disabled person that uh, gave a disabled person a job. You know what? This is a great story. And I have to tell all of you listeners, I did not know this part of the story. The Business Leadership Network Conference, this national conference, was held this past year in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my hometown. And John Lancaster was one of the speakers. Speaker, right. And John, I know from years ago, over 10 years ago, when he was the chairman, or I'm sorry, the executive director of the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities. That's true. Reporting to his chairman, Tony Quello. Right. This is when I met John because Tony uh, asked me to be on the executive board of the President's Committee. And since then, you know, I've remained friends with John, and I just think so highly of him. And he is today, you know, running Nickel. Right. National Council. Director of Nickel. Right. And... I didn't know that that's how that happened. So there you go. There's that example of networking. Networking works, disabled or not. What exactly. a great story. That's wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you both came. Yes, and, uh, you know, we met and then, then we're working together right now, and I'm so glad to have the opportunity to work with John because, uh, as you said, that he's got years and years of experience uh, in, the, in this field and knows almost everybody, and everybody knows him, and... Uh, it's a great eye-opener because I am a newcomer, as you know, as a disabled person, compared with people who's been disabled for 20 years, 30 years, you know, uh, 15 years, and I'm a, I'm a very new kid in that regard. So, so I'm very glad to be able to work with John. Well, we are certainly happy to have you. That is for sure. Well, for a moment here, before we go to break, how about if you tell our listeners what is USICD, and what is the mission of the United States International Council on Disabilities? Okay, the the USICD, I should, uh, which is U.S. Uh, United States International Council on Disability, as you mentioned, is actually used to be U.S. Council on International Rehabilitation, which was originally established as the U.S. member organization of Rehabilitation International, which is known as RI. And the RI uh, has a, is about 92 years old international non-governmental federations, and it has somehow something like 150 members organization in 90 different countries uh, all over the world. And in October 2002, uh, U.S. Uh, International Council on Disabilities was approved at the World Assembly uh, to uh, become the National Assembly of the United States uh, of the RI as well as the National Assembly of the Disabled Peoples International, which is DPI. And DPI <clears throat> is a consumer-controlled international organization and uh, with people with disabilities in 120 countries around the world. So USICD kind of became the conduit of uh, information gathering, the worldwide disability issues, um, individuals, organizations, uh, cooperations, corporations, uh, for this DPI and RI in the United States. 
So that's why the UFICD uh, came to existence. Uh, we uh, here as, as a uh, officers in the USICD, we share information about issues, uh, best practices, and research and services uh, as a domestic forum to coalesce U.S. leaders around the civil and um, human rights legislations and uh, practices here and abroad. Uh, moreover, we uh, work in partnership with uh, different organizations of people with disabilities, as well as, as the international lending uh, uh, communities to increase the visibility and uh, involvement of people with disabilities. In the uh, last two years, Joyce, uh, USICD has helped lead the U.S. disability community in worldwide efforts to uh, draft a human rights convention through the United Nations uh, concerning the rights of uh, people with uh, disabilities. In addition, uh, the USICD is uh, working with members of Congress and with the Department of State, uh, USAID, and uh, other government organizations um, in the efforts to, uh, in Iraq and anywhere uh, else where the U.S. foreign aid is used, and um, we work together uh, to promote uh, construction of accessibility facilities, uh, which is funded by the U.S. government uh, in these uh, countries that uh, we are involved. Uh, in 19, uh, I mean, in, in, sorry, in 2005, uh, we hosted a study tour for members of the Japanese parliament. Well, hold it right there, because I want to talk about that when we come okay. back from break. Okay. We're going to go to break for one minute. Sure. You're listening to our guest, Tappan Banerjee. He is the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities. This is America's Voice with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. 
To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. This week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo, our guest is Jamie Bamber. You'll know him from Battlestar Galactica. He plays Leah Dama. We talk about Battlestar Galactica and get a look inside of Jamie's life. Of course, we'll cover all the sci-fi news for the week as usual. That's Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and if you just joined us, we are talking to the Executive Director, Tappan Banerjee. He is with the Executive Director of the U.S. International Council on Disabilities, and it is such an honor to have Tappan on our show and with us today. And Tappan, I want to tell you, we have received questions from our listeners, um, and so here is a couple questions for you. The first is for Dr. Banerjee. What steps can American corporations take to ensure that their operations in other parts of the world are receptive to hiring people with disabilities? Wow, that's a good question. I think that's an excellent question, uh, um, Joyce. I uh, worked overseas, as I said, almost for uh, 38 years, and uh, I've seen many uh, American companies or international companies, they have the offices overseas, uh, and uh, some of them are Fortune 500 companies. And um, it would be very nice if they could... um, hired people with disabilities, uh, well, they have this contract from the local governments, the nationals, which sometimes it's in millions and billions of dollars. And there's no reason why we cannot uh, employ people uh, both from the United States as well as in the country that uh, these companies are uh, residing and having their contracts and the nationals from those countries uh, who are disabled uh, in the projects. Uh, that uh, these uh, Fortune 500 companies are involved in. And I will say that um, some companies I have seen, they have architecture, engineering, engineers, uh, they have people in the manufacturing field, assembly uh, line people, uh, they have people um, uh, working in uh, uh, human services department, administration, and, and those jobs are perfectly uh, uh, logical and uh, for people with disabilities because disabled people, uh, as you know and I know, that are very honest. Uh, they hardly miss any times uh, in work. They uh, Even when they're sick, unless they're very, very sick, they always show up. Uh, they're very dedicated and very responsible people. 
I think companies will get a lot of mileage out of having these people work and at the same time uh, providing a life to the uh, people who are who wants to contribute to the society. So I think yes, uh, I, I I will suggest that. And uh, the companies should actively pursue uh, on recruiting uh, disabled people. Now, here's uh, a question that I have. Let's say you have an American corporation mm-hmm. working in another country, uh, whether it's in South America, India, no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. In those many of these countries, they are behind in the area of employment of people with disabilities. You know, you don't see as many people in competitive employment. So my question is... What about the American companies that are in those countries? What what are they doing about that? Well, I, I mean, have you seen? How are they dealing with the culture? Is what I'm meaning. Well, I think to uh, to uh, there are two kind of employment they could get. One, they could recruit people from uh, United States. Let's take a company from United States. They have to recruit people from uh, their own country if they cannot find uh, a qualified person in the country they're working uh, overseas. Uh, or they could recruit uh, people from the country they're working uh, and who are equally qualified uh, from the people they're going to hire from the United States. On the latter case, uh, is really um, uh, financially much more reasonable to hire people who are qualified uh, in the country they're residing uh, because you don't have to pay the transportations and housing and children educations and all those uh, overhead that the foreign company, they have to uh, pay to hire somebody from the United States. Let's take an engineer. You know, if you hire an engineer uh, in a country in the um, uh, Middle East or Southeast Asia or India or, or Pakistan, whatever it is, and you find a well-qualified, uh, your overhead is much less. And um, you could recruit disabled people who are also graduating from these institutions uh, of higher learning in, in this part of the world. Uh, both in Latin America and South Asia and Asia and all of the other part of the world that these kind of companies are uh, residing. So, uh, yes, you're right. It's, it should be done, and some of them are doing, but uh, not all of them because sometimes you have the security situations. You have to protect the company's uh, interest, uh, you know, and you don't want to um, have uh, people not uh, going through uh, the proper channels to to be reliable and, and give the companies uh, uh, protection of the laws and rules and regulations that company follows. But <clears throat> there's room for uh, for a little give and little take from both sides, you know. And I like to see that uh, we actively participate, especially when we are getting millions and millions of dollars of uh, contract from the uh, overseas companies, why not um, help to recruit some of the disabled people from the country, as well as from the United States? Right. You know, have the door open both sides. Well, I have, I agree with you, and I have um, <clears throat> a question to ask you that many of my listeners emailed me, and the question when they heard you were going to be on the show was, what's going on with the United Nations Convention and where does the United States stand at this time? Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, I think I attended the last um, UN convention uh, uh, <clears throat> dealing with uh, uh, 
uh, international convention on protection of uh, and promotion of the rights uh, and dignity of persons with disabilities. This was the seventh convention, and it was attended by about uh, closely 400 at least uh, people, uh, to my knowledge, uh, from a lot of NGOs and DPOs and uh, a lot of government officers. And it's it's really uh, the landmark landmark um, disability convention. And it was eye-opener for me because that was the first time that I attended a convention such as this, dealing with a, a issue that concerns all of us. Um, this it was a three-week convention last year, uh, and uh, I think it started in January and ended in February, uh, February 3rd, uh, to my knowledge. The ambassador Don McKay of New Zealand, uh, who kind of uh, was the chair of the this, uh, the committee, ad hoc committee, and uh, in the final summary, the ambassador McKay divided the articles into three groups: uh, those and uh, significant issues remaining, uh, some issues uh, remaining, and uh, difficult issues uh, are also remaining, and uh, it continue to go on the 8th convention, which is scheduled now in August, uh, middle of August, I think 14th till uh, 25th of August 2006. But in general, uh, the convention came up with uh, some of the good suggestions and articles, uh, about almost uh, 40 articles dealing with uh, um, disability right for children, disability right for women, disability right for all human beings with all kinds of disabilities, uh, uh, including mental, uh, physical, uh, learning, educational, and accessibility issues for people all over the world um, and uh, people who are deprived of employment opportunities uh, because of their disabilities. It's, it's a Disability rights it should be treated as equal as human rights, and I think uh, I was very pleased to see that many many countries, uh, almost uh, I think over 90 to 120 countries, to my knowledge, uh, will be uh, signing this convention and the law. Uh, hopefully, how many countries? 128 countries. 128 yeah, countries yes, will be yeah, signing this. Yes, this is the for the time. That is the number that I was. Given, but I'm not sure. Please, I don't count me on that. But I'm close to it. I know, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, this will become a law hopefully after the eighth convention, which is scheduled for uh, this year. So, in in general, uh, Joyce, I'll say that uh, this is the first time something in this magnitude uh, has been handled, which is uh, worldwide issues, no longer just the issue of uh, developing countries or developed countries. Of the G8 countries, it's a, it's an issue everywhere uh, you know, across the across the oceans. Uh, it, it exists, and we are looking into this uh, through this UN convention. Okay, and where is the United States at? Well, that's I know you're going to ask that questions because uh, many uh, of my uh, colleagues and uh, my friends and asked me the same questions while we were attending this convention and. Uh, uh, we had a, a very strong uh, delegation from the State Department, and uh, they were very active, and uh, they participated. And I think uh, the most important thing that uh, 
the presence of the State Department uh, representative is an indication that uh, our interest in this in this convention is uh, very strong. Uh, however, are we going to uh, take an active role in this? Uh, I cannot really speak on behalf of the State Department delegations. Uh, we may, uh, but it is not uh, very uh, clear at this time. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, we are supportive uh, uh, on this issue uh, from the United States' point of view. But, I mean, the United States is not part of this yet. Isn't that true? Uh, at the time being, yes. Officially. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, we want to see that change. Because we, I, I, we are the country that wrote the ADA. we got to get going here. I think a lot of people looking at it as uh, just what you said as a leader in this, uh, in this issue, uh, because we have a American Disability Act, which has been uh, used by other countries as a, uh, examples of uh, what we have done uh, for the rights uh, of the dis disabled people in this country. So you're right in that sense. Well, I hope to see that happen soon and very soon. And right now we're going to go to break for a minute. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Tappan Banerjee. He is the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities and a champion of hope for all people with disabilities throughout the world. This is America's Voice. You're listening to Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. 
Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and if you just joined us, we have been talking to Tappan Banerjee, and Tappan is the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities. It's so great to have him, and I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Yes, go ahead, please. Hi, Joyce. This is Nikron and Duty. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I am just fine, thank you. Oh, God. I'm so excited to listen to um, Dr. Tapin. And do you have a question about... Okay, you have a question for Dr. Banerjee? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Banerjee, uh, as we are, I'm in Jyoti, we are a student here in the United States. I'm at the uh, University of Illinois, Chicago, and Jyoti here in the University of Pittsburgh. And studying in disability studies and assistive technology since two years. And now I'm just, we are willing to go back to India and then start the movement in India, like independent living centers and assistive technology concept in India. So what do you think about these concepts in India as you know about Indian culture, Indian environment and barriers? So how do you feel that we can have the same setting in India, like independent living centers concept? and then introduce the assistive technology devices and that accessible environment. How do you think about that? Well, I'm so glad that you asked this question because uh, I just came back from India uh, after my disability. Uh, I visited in in April this year. And uh, I'll be very honest with you, I I was in the middle of the um, time when there's election going on in India, all over the India, the state election, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, my, I was interviewed by Times of uh, India at that time, and I was staying at the Oberoi Hotel in Calcutta, where I come from. As you know, the Banerjee's are very yeah. common <laughs> in that part of the world. Uh, so, and uh, one of the things that I've uh, told the people uh, in the news, and it was published on May 22nd, uh, issues of the Times of India, if you get a chance to go through your uh, uh, website, uh, India, Times of India website, timesofindia.com, I think. And the yes. title was, Disabilities Have No Basic Rights, Says oh. Expert. And in that case, they quoted me uh, mm-hmm. as an expert, which I'm really not, but uh, I have learned so much uh, within a short time and taking mm-hmm. this job and, and knowing people like John Lancaster and Joyce Benders and other people. Uh, so answering your question, uh, there are a lot of work needs to be done. I just had a meeting with the Assistant Secretary of the Department of Disabilities from India, uh, Mr. Khanna. Uh, oh. He was in the World Bank, and he just left, I think, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And we discussed this. And the issues that I had, that India being a, a, one of the largest democratic countries in the world in numbers, and uh, uh, and a democracy survived in India a long time than any other country 
in that part of the world. But uh, and India has passed a People with Disability Act, PWDA, yeah. in 1995, yeah. which is about 11 years, about five years after the ADA was passed in the United States. But you know that paper, the big paper, I read that page to page. It's a wonderful uh, 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 um, proposal, but it's sitting there and collecting dust. Yeah. Uh, very little has been done in India. Uh, there's not such thing as the accessibility. And mm-hmm. I was in a wheelchair visiting India, and I couldn't go out of the hotel because uh, uh, there's no sidewalk that I could go, and uh, the cars all over, and the roads are, uh, you know, no uh, um, yeah. ramps on the side of the streets. Uh, you cannot go to the museum. You cannot go to the uh, you know, restaurants. You cannot go to the shops. So accessibility is a, is a tremendous problem. They build uh, subways and, and underground trains in Calcutta, but you cannot go down there because it's all stairs. There's no lift. So, And I could go on and on, even in the hospitals, in the doctor's offices, don't have uh, uh, any kind of ramp for accessibility. So uh, independent living centers, yes, it, it could come, and uh, there are a lot of educated people. There are a lot of people, the lawyers that wants to implement the People with Disability Act, but uh, the funding is a big problem. Uh, new buildings are coming up. Uh, the, the law should be applied to all the new construction, but it's not happening because the contractor feels it's too expensive to put all these things. So my basic point, yes, you have a tremendous job ahead of you, and I'd love to see you go, and we could work together on this. And I'm, I'm talking to people with the Indian government to really implement the policy and look into some international funding sources, such as the World Bank or Asian Development Bank uh, or USAID funds, uh, to to uh, really help the disabled people to uh, be acceptable and live in a, um, a normal life as much as they can. Right now, it does not exist. I'll be very honest with you. Great. Well, you know what, Tap, and they have a great idea here. These uh, I met these two colleagues from the University of Pittsburgh. They have a fantastic idea, mm-hmm. and maybe somehow we can all work together because you have the contacts in India. Mm-hmm. They have the dedication and the vision and the talent and the skill, and I know many of the customers. You know those American companies you talked about mm-hmm. that are there. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. that's something we can all work together on and, uh, you know, one person can make a difference. I always believe that. So I agree. I agree. Um, and I think these young people that are working here, I think they will make a tremendous, uh, uh, they could be the pioneer in this field, to be yes. honest. Yes. And, uh, and with that independent living center idea, which is fantastic. I think so. It's it idea. is John Lancaster we've been talking about, right, right. who is the executive director and definitely can refer you to people to give you, you know, knowledge in that area. So what and we'll do a, is... And what he's we'll also, do is, if you right. don't mind, Tavin, we will yeah, all get together with you and talk about this. Right. Best, best got inspiration from uh, Joyce U. Like uh, the other day, we have talked on uh, about uh, almost uh, one hour about independent living and accessibility, how to introduce, and then you have uh, gotten this good idea, independent living centers. So yes. we are just looking forward to set it up and. and well, 
It's because of people like you with the passion. That, you know, I can come up with the ideas, but it, it takes people like you. But I, I do believe, Tappan, mm-hmm. that it, you know, it's hard enough in the United States for people who are in poverty or people who have never worked before. You've got mm-hmm. to start with the basics. You need the infrastructure, such as how do I get to work. They're not used to working if they've never worked or if their family has kept them at home. Mm-hmm. And that independent living center concept mm-hmm. in the United States is so fantastic yeah. that I think that if they can get something like that going, you know, in India, that can just be the beginning of so many other things. Correct. And having the both disability, we didn't even realize before coming with, uh, coming to the U.S. We are living here since two years and studying in disability studies, accessing issues, assistive technology, and now we have realized we are afraid to go back to India, and then we are afraid to those people who are living in this critical situation. So we are kind of in trouble right now to go back and then start something. So I think it would be a good opportunity to connect, have a connection with you all, and then we have a spirit, and you have connections, so we can let's work together and then get it done somewhere. Let's just start something there. Um, That's what it takes, a group of I, people I working think, together. Right, Tabin? I, I agree. I agree very much. I think, uh, as I said, I worked in India as a commercial attaché uh, during the time when uh, Manmohan Singh was uh, Minister of Finance and the Chitambaram was uh, Minister of Commerce, and they are right now in a very high position. Manmohan Singh is a prime minister right now. And I remember sitting in his office with uh, my ambassador uh, uh, at that time in, in, in India, U.S. ambassador in India, and, and uh, Thomas Pickering, and uh, discussing all kind of issues. And, and I know that the Prime Minister Manmohan Singh is very much in, in heart for the uh, disabled people and disability community. And so also the, the, uh, the Mrs. Gandhi, the... Uh, uh, Rajiv Gandhi's wife, uh, who is the president of the Congress Party. So uh, while I'm saying that, there is the Rajiv Gandhi Foundation is very actively involved in this. Exactly right. So there, there, there are institutions there, there are organizations there, there are NGOs there. It's just a matter of kind of putting together some resources and expertise from the United States. And there are a lot of American companies that Joyce said there, and we can work together to to find job opportunities and also funding from these people to these NGOs in India. Yes, and this is, why, this is where you could play a tremendous role yes. by having knowledge from this country and education. Yes. Yes. I mean, it is very exciting to me because, as I told them, you know, as a woman with epilepsy, I can tell you, no matter where you are in the world, a seizure is a seizure. It's the exactly. same. Exactly. No matter where you live. It's the same. And the things you deal with, the discrimination you deal with, of course, it's worse in other parts of the world. But going through those situations, you know, makes us all brothers and sisters. And it's just getting the right group of people together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll make sure that we follow up with this group with you, Tappan. Can I can I share something interesting? Well, wait. As soon as we come back, we've got to go to break one minute. And listen, thank you for calling in. Thank you make you so sure much. you call me back so I can connect us with Tappan, okay? Good. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Tappan. You're welcome. Thank you for the call. But right now, we got to go to break for a minute. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Tappan Banerjee, the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities. This is America's Voice 
Joyce Bender on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And if you just joined us, let me tell you what, you missed a great show because we've been talking to Tappan Banerjee, the Executive Director of the United States International Council on Disabilities, and I have all these millions of questions to ask him, and we've only got through about three questions so far because... You know, we've had callers, we've had email questions, and in addition to that, it's so exciting to have on the show. So that means, Tappan, I'll have to have you back on. <laughs> this is what happens if you don't get to answer all questions. You have to come back on. But I do, uh, I did want to give you a chance. Did you have something you wanted to say there before break? Well, I just wanted to say there's something interesting that I'd like to share, and my colleagues from India probably, if they're still listening, uh, uh, when I was um, in India with the wheelchair, of course, wheelchair is not very common uh, in India, and uh, that's another area that probably uh, we could convince uh, some 
bicycle makers to make wheelchair that are cheap and and, and reasonably uh, available to to people without spending a lot of money as as we spend here in this country. Uh, but anyway, I went for shopping uh, to a shoe store. I was trying to get a uh, Indian made shoes, which is a very good leather shoes, and uh, but I couldn't get into the shop. And I said. Uh, well, uh, the, the shop owner came out and said, uh, please come in. I said, no, I cannot come in. Look, you've got four steps there, and there's no way that I could get to your shop. He said, don't worry. So he uh, asked for three, four of his salesperson to come out, and they lifted me and picked my chair up right on their shoulder almost and took me right into the shop. And I said, oh, my God, and I was a little scared. I said, this is dangerous. He said, no, no, we can't do that. Don't worry. We cannot afford a lift, but we could afford people to carry you. So it's kind of interesting. That Unbelievable. Whether, that's exactly right. It was, and I was scared. I thought I could fall off. But to them, it's no problem, you know, and because the labor is so cheap, you know. And it's, it's easier to pick up a person than to, than to build a ramp, uh, which, which kind of thinking process there, you know, we've got to change that. Uh, you know, eventually it, it will come, but it's not there yet. Well, Tavin, let me ask you, to your knowledge, are there any big programs going on right now uh, in the area of employment for, for people with disabilities who are Indian? Is there anything going on right now? Um, uh, not uh, not uh, to a big sense, but they are uh, doing vocational education. They are uh, training people to... Uh, do a lot of uh, handicraft type job. Uh, it's a low-paying job, assembly line jobs. Uh, not people with a master's degree or bachelor's degree or engineering degree. Uh, that kind of job uh, uh, is not uh, not not too many people are involved in that that area with the disabilities. Uh, it's very few, low percentage. But people with a disability are not higher education, uh, could find a job through this vocational training, and I think they're working on that. The cottage, well, cottage industry, I call it, yeah. which is very poor uh, level, but it's uh, better than uh, uh, nothing, you know. It's better than nothing. Well, for example, now, if you live in India and you're uh, a person who's blind or deaf or in a wheelchair, but you are not from, we'll say, an affluent family, what would happen? Where would you go to school? Uh, it's very difficult uh, to go to school. It's very difficult to uh, afford educational fees uh, to a better education. Uh, you might get some uh, uh, free education at a, at a very low level, but most of the time you're confined at home, uh, to be honest. And uh, uh, sometime I'll be uh, very truthful that sometime if you have a disabled person uh, in the family, uh, they're kind of kept uh, kept away from public. Uh, it's almost like uh, people thinking that uh, uh, something wrong to have a disabled person. It must be uh, something I've d- done in my life to to inherit such a, such a child or uh, to, to come to our life. And it just uh, maybe it's a religious punishment or something. It's a lot of. Psychological, uh, you know, hang-ups, and uh, I hate to say this, uh, um, it, it just it needs an education a process. Uh, that disability is not uh, something sinful, you know. It's uh, it happens uh, for many reasons, uh, biological, as I said, you know, 
by birth, uh, genetical, it could be any other reason, uh, uh, external influence, uh, climate, uh, accident, uh, fall off, you know, anything, earthquake, uh, tsunami, anything that could cause you to disabled. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, one of those things. Uh, say, uh, answer, answering to your question, uh, no, if you are not a uh, family coming from an affluent uh, society, it's very difficult for you to be accepted in a, in a job market and have a better education to get that bigger job or salary. And is it true, Tappan, that, that some people who are very poor families, uh, or do they encourage a child with a disability to learn how to be a beggar? Uh, there is a uh, there is a t- some truth to that yes, uh, especially in a in a uh, level uh, un- un- what they call is the caste the system mm-hmm. if you're coming somebody from a lower caste uh, caste system doesn't exist according to the law but it's still there uh, you know and uh, yes uh, people uh, only way income is is begging they will take that child uh, or the or the person grown up even. Uh, pick them up uh, either uh, by, by human uh, carrying it or on a rickshaw uh, and then put them in a uh, part of the town and uh, with a little uh, blanket and make him sit with a, a little bucket or, or a bowl in his hand and, and sit there, bake from morning till, uh, till evening and then come back and pick him up and take the money that he has earned and uh, give him some bread and some water or you know, rice or whatever they could afford it, and the income goes to the family. Yes, Unbelievable, it Unbelievable, huh? Yes, it's yes, tragic. It exists. It well, exists. we have a long way to go. We do, but that's why all of you listening to the show, we have a long way to go, but that's why we all have to spread the news and work together, just like the uh, two young students I was talking about from Pitt that called me. Tappan, you have accomplished so much in your life already. As you said, you were pretty much retired, and now here you are back in action again. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you, in your life, what, what would you say you're the proudest of? What is your proudest accomplishment? I think, you know, as I said, I, I've been foreign service officer. I've been around the world, and I've worked with uh, ministers and you know, presidents and uh, CEOs and uh, chairmans. And, but, you know, I think the proudest uh, time of my life is not what all those things I did that was a part of my work, my education, you know, my uh, being in this country for 45 years almost, uh, you know, from coming from India. Uh, you know, I think the proudest thing that what I'm doing now, uh, where I really uh, feel that I'm uh, doing a work a much more constructive uh, and uh, I'm not working because to make money or to live a better life, you know, or to uh, buy a big car, which all those things have gone past. I'm doing something to really enrich my life, which is a much more, uh, I will say, enjoying, enjoyable, and, and rewarding to me than anything that I have done in the in the past. Uh, and uh, I think this is what the proudest time of my life right now and working with people uh, like John Lancaster uh, and, and being involved with a uh, member of Nichols and the member of my board members and members of my USICD, you know, uh, Mark Bristow, Eric Rosenthal and all those, uh, Jeff Rosen and the NCD and all those, I could go on and on. You know, 
and uh, also working with the government agencies, social security, department of education, and there are people, so many people, are, are so much they have given, and they are so, still giving their life uh, for a cause, and being part of that uh, society, that culture, uh, I think it's so enriching to me, and I will always rejoice this, and I live with that till I die, to be honest. Well, you certainly are working with some tremendous people. When you say, talk about Marka and John Lancaster, really, and all those board members, you are Wonderful. working with some real civil rights leaders from our own Americans with Disabilities Act right here in this country, mm-hmm. and they are truly great leaders in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, Tappan, every time I have a guest on, I ask them at the end of the show, what type of message they would like to leave with our listeners, and what would you say about that? Well, I think in a very uh, nutshell, I'll say the message is that uh, organizations such as ours and uh, and other uh, DPOs, disability people organization, or NGOs dealing with disabilities, uh, they really need your support. Uh, they really need funding to, to run this organization. Uh, they need uh, resources. And the uh, so people, uh, you know, either you have somebody in your family or you, or you feel that you want to do something to the family of the disabilities of the world, uh, either in this country or overseas, in Iraq, Afghanistan, India, Philippines, uh, earthquake in Indonesia, please be generous because without your help, uh, without your support, uh, we cannot survive. Especially people in the developing countries, they need they need us more uh, financially, technologically, uh, and scientifically. Everything we have to share with them. So that will be the last word that uh, I could share with all of the, all of all of the uh, listeners in the show. Well, what powerful words! And Tabin, we're honored to have you as one of our family members in the disability community and as a leader with the U.S. International Council on Disabilities. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. And I would like to close the show, as I always do, with a quote from a famous civil rights leader that I feel fits what Tappan was just talking about right now. And that is from Martin Luther King, Jr., who said, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. This is Joyce Bender. You've been listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.